Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. Please give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Get a little insight into the day spa, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Also going to be getting to the Joe Rose Show, talking college football with Dave Ryan, Dan Levitard, covering the whole Charles Barkley incident. If you haven't heard of that yet, trust me, they will get you up to date on that. And of course, it is a Huckman hump day, getting you over the hump with some Huckman and Crowder. Cleveland week! But right now... Let's get into the headlines. The Panthers defeated the Flyers last night 5-2. Next up, Anaheim tomorrow, 7 p.m. at the BB&T. Both Dolphins starting safeties Rashad Jones and Bobby McCain have been placed on the IR. Miami has signed former Seahawks safety and former Kane Adrian Colbert. Dolphins-Browns play Sunday at 1. Carmelo Anthony made his return to the NBA last night with Portland scoring 10 in a 115-104 loss to New Orleans. Heat host the Cavs tonight at 7.30. LSU tops in the college football rankings, followed by Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. The Canes have an away game Saturday when they play FIU at Marlins Park. Two college football games tonight will feature Akron versus Miami of Ohio and Toledo taking on Buffalo. Both start at 7.30. Hurricanes basketball is back in action tomorrow with an early game at 11.30 a.m. against Missouri at the Charleston Classic. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. Inter-Miami took NYFC's Ben Sweat along with four other players. In yesterday's MLS expansion draft, Inter begins league play on March 14th, while on the men's national level, the team defeated Cuba 4-0. And now, let's take a deep breath and take a step into the day spa. (sighs) Florida man arrested for meth possession. Where was it hidden this time? In his belly button. At least that's more creative than hiding up your butt. A hotel in Japan is offering dollar a night rooms. The catch? Your entire stay is live streamed on YouTube. Call me crazy, but I would pay more than that to do that. A Wisconsin mail carrier says for a month straight, a turkey has chased him daily on his route. That turkey better be careful with Thanksgiving right around the corner. Philippine students have begun converting random dog poop into bricks. That's crap. Now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Today's forecast, partly cloudy with temperatures in the high 60s. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday and win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. In the morning, nobody gets you up like a cup of Joe. The Joe Rose Show. Joe Rose, Zach Krantz, Hollywood, Biff. Earlier today, they brought in Dave Ryan talking the college football rankings. Joe's West Coast biased. Four in this college football playoffs is not enough. And how good is the FSU coaching job nowadays. Dave Ryan, CBS Sports Network play-by-play announcer, going to join us right now. Hey, Dave, I'm just curious, like everybody, what were your thoughts? I'm not going to panic about where the rankings are right now because I think over the next couple weeks we'll we'll find out the truth. But the way it came out, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia with Bama on deck ahead of Oregon and Utah. You okay with that? I'm good with that, absolutely. I, I, I did actually predict a while back uh, after I saw Justin Fields carry the ball once for a touchdown in one of their early season Ohio State 
State blowout. That I thought Ohio State will win this thing by miles, and I still do. I don't think anyone's going to contest Ohio State all the way through the national championship game. They're going to win out, win the Big Ten championship game, and win both semifinals in the championship to go all the way. Uh, too athletic, too good. So I'm okay with, with Ohio State being right there. Uh, look, as long as Joe Burrow and LSU don't lose, then they deserve to be number one. I'm good with Bama being out. And look, the optics with two out for the year now and maybe long, long term, I think that just sours everybody on Alabama. You feel so badly for the kid. Uh, just a tremendous young man, a, you know, a great warrior, a great student athlete for Alabama to see him down. Uh, it hurts. And look, uh, they aren't going to be as good. They're not going to make the championship game in the SEC. So that, that's just the way things are. I think that's fine. Now, things can change. We've got a long way to go. A lot of football left. But right now, it looks good to me. Just real quickly, as a, as a West Coast guy and, and an old Pac-8 and Pac-10 guy myself, yeah. uh, Utah and Oregon, just do they get enough respect? I know the Pac-12's really weak. Don't get me wrong. It's What, what are your thoughts on Oregon-Utah? The winner of that game with one loss, should one of them get in or not necessarily? They should They should be considered. There's no question about it. Uh, look, we all know you're in Miami. I'm in Melbourne, Florida. We, we all do East Coast stuff, and, we, and that's kind of the way that the powers that be are based. Uh, watch Justin Herbert play one series. See how good he is. Just turn on turn on Oregon once to watch how athletic they are. They're they're comparable, I think, to Ohio State. They're comparable to Clemson. Are they good enough? Yeah, I think so. I think all around they are. The one loss hurts. Pac-12 just because of where it is <laughs> physically and the game's ending yep. late. It's the same thing with the Pac-12 that's gone on for years. It's a lack of East Coast media respect for that conference. That's why we need eight teams in the playoff. Let's get them in. Both of those teams can go in. And then you group a five champion, whether it's going to be SMU if they rally, where it's going to be Memphis, it's going to be Cincinnati, they dropped a couple spots by barely beating USF last week in Tampa. Four is not enough. Never has been enough. Never going to be enough. Let's get to eight, and then we can talk about Oregon being in and getting that deserves respect to. Dave, the wrench in everyone's plans is Georgia, right? Like, Georgia beats LSU in that SEC championship game. Can't take LSU out of that Final Four, and that means someone's oh, going to be at five. Oh. Someone's going to be crying at five, and it probably is going to be the Pac-12, right? Like, the Pac-12 yeah, will yeah. probably get the screw job here and be five overall. It, it could be. It could very well be. And now that Oklahoma beat Baylor, is Oklahoma in that mix at all? I mean, Baylor, I think, had an argument. I actually called a Baylor game earlier this year at Rice uh, on CBS Sports Network, and I thought they were just a fantastic team. Just a soul-crushing loss to uh, to see that second-half league collapse at home against Oklahoma last week in Waco. Always going to be that two, three teams, maybe just one this year, that should be in. Uh, and it's tough. I, I agree with you. The Pac-12 it might happen again in the Pac-12. That's sort of been the theme with the college football playoff committee, that the Pac-12 does not get that fair shake. Uh, but then, then again, the Pac-12 hasn't performed well in the semifinal either. So that, that's kind of, maybe that's a factor when they look at the history of this uh, very brief college football playoff. No, that, listen, that, that is a good point. Is uh, It's Georgia. Georgia is the main uh, factor now when it comes down to this Final Four. You do agree SEC is clearly the best conference for football right now? I don't think you can argue that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I grew up in Iowa City, so I'm a Big Ten guy, and I was glad to see you know, Iowa beat Minnesota last week to, to get the Florida Rosedale trophy. That was pretty huge. Uh, <laughs> I think Ohio State is just fantastic. I'm emotional because of my loyalties, but I, I think I think Ohio State's fantastic. I don't think Ohio State's a team that's going to lose, as we talked about. But overall, for sure, how, how would you argue that? How would you argue against the SEC? With their two divisions in the most powerful league, and it's, this has been how many years in a row now we talk about this? I and mean, I feel like it's been, you know, almost seven to a ten-year run of dominance in that league between the two divisions that just is incomparable. Uh, and I think it's the same this year that George Auburn game was incredible. Actually. Yeah, it's very interesting what the SEC does every year because every year in the beginning of the season, this could be a down year for the SEC, and then you see seven teams in the top 18 right. at one point during the season. It's a down year. And you want to talk about yeah. down years? Listen, we're in ACC country down here. Oh, my gosh. Clemson yeah. in the, in the yeah. final four right now. 
right now is probably a shoe in <laughs> Like, the next best team yeah. could be Miami. The next best team could be Virginia. And these teams are not very good. And it's really interesting when yeah. you look at the Pac-12 and see two teams at 6-7 and seven right now. The ACC is definitely going to get a team in this Final Four. Yeah, I think Clemson and, and Trevor Lawrence is not getting enough love for Heisman either. I think that's another factor w- with their whole deal. I don't know why. But, you know, the one game with North Carolina that was a maybe that went down in the last quarter, and they just, for some reason, in the national polls before the college football playoff poll came out with the AP, they lost respect and love. I don't know why. That's a tough game. North Carolina is much improved under Mac Brown. Come on. But look, I'm a Syracuse grad. It's painful to watch Syracuse collapse after 10 wins last year. Uh, Louisville this weekend with a shot at a bowl if they win their last two. Um, Doubtful on the road. You know, their last, uh, the, the ACC has, has been trending down for a while now. And I think that has to do with Florida State and Miami struggling. Uh, big changes, obviously, in Tallahassee. Going to take a while for Miami to get, <laughs> clearly get going the right direction. It looked like they were with Mark for, for a while, top 10, and then just uh, sort of dropped off again. And that's a good question. I think the ACC is so deep. Is there's parity, but not a lot of not a lot of dominance. So they just sort of cannibalize each other. Like early in the year, Wake Forest was fantastic, and they go to Louisville and get drilled, and 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 uh, have dropped off a bit out of that that uh, top twenty to top twenty range. With this, look, unless you're preseason top ten anyway, like a Wake Forest is not going to make a run right. at the top five. Right, yeah. It's impossible. That that's you know that's been my long argument in the group of five. We cover a lot of G five at CBS Sportsnet, and it's just no chance. There's no chance the game is fixed already for any of those G five teams, even an SMU before they lost at Memphis to to make a real run. Okay, look, they're going to get occluded. In the, in the New Year's sick at one spot, one only, <laughs> and that's yeah, just that's right. the end of it, man. It, it, just, it feels like it's all predetermined based on the preseason rankings, and like you guys said, the SEC is always there. Those top three teams are always going to be there, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, maybe Florida, so it's hard to get them out once they're in. That's yeah. just kind of the way this whole thing works. Hey, Dave, real quickly, since you're a Melbourne guy, uh, you're a little closer sure. to Florida State, and we got a lot of Florida State fans. You have them where you yeah, are, yeah. too. They're all over mm-hmm. the state. What's your thoughts on how good a job that is now that Taggart's been released from his job? Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, guys. I was incredibly disappointed at Willie Taggart's firing so soon. I covered a lot of his games at USF on CBS Sportsnet. I know he's a brilliant offensive mind. He had a great recruiting thing going in the Tampa St. Pete area before he moved to Oregon. I think the one-year run in Eugene was a huge mistake. He should stay there, obviously, 2020 hindsight. Uh, but I thought he could have built something at Florida State. The issue is Jimbo and Bobby Forham had, had done so well and had been so dominant that when you come in and start start at mediocre, that you're already out. I, mean, I, I think it's first year he was already out. Now, Bob Stoops had been rumored that huge names are being talked about to take that job because it is a huge job. Uh, I think it's still a great job. It's a great job. But like Miami, that's a powerhouse. It's a long-anointed king that is downright. So the question is, who's the guy to, to get the king back on the throne? <laughs> I still think it's a primo job, but you've got to get the right person there. you got to be a little patient, too, which uh, they don't have a lot of oh, patience. A year and a half is ridiculous in college football. You can't you can't put your thumbprint on something that quickly. I, I thought that was absurd. Hold on a sec. Mrs. Taggart just called and said, don't feel too badly. we got $17 million <laughs> right, coming in. Right, right. We're okay, Dave. <laughs> financially, but I feel badly about it. Yeah. Right. Dave, <laughs> thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, hey, Dave. Talk to you guys. Thank you. Have a good one. Bring in whoever you want to FSU or whoever you want into the college football playoff rankings top four as long as LSU is at the top and maybe Miami number two. I'm happy. I'm originally from New Orleans. I live here now in Miami. I'm good with that. Everybody else can do whatever they do unless I'm gambling. In that case, I've kind of got a vested interest, but not going to get into that. Up next, Dan Lebetard. He's friends with Charles Barkley, and he's talking about Charles Barkley's recent, I don't even know what you would call it, just an incident. Keep it tuned. Best of the Joe Show. 
Getting back with you on the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. It is a Hawkman hump day. That means in just a short while, we'll be visiting with Hawk and Crowder during Cleveland week. Those guys always great from 3 to 6 right here on 560 The Joe. But from 10 to 1 right before them, well, a little bit before them, maybe not right before them, the Dan Lebetard Show broadcast loud and proud on this station earlier today they talked about charles barkley opening his big mouth but was it on or off the record we begin with the difficult stuff because charles barkley is trending and if you have not seen the story uh stugatz uh this happened late uh, late last night an axios reporter a woman named alexi mccammond uh was talking to him off the record about politics and uh democratic presidential candidates Charles Barkley, she put in uh, put on Twitter in a tweet, quote, just FYI, Charles Barkley told me tonight, I don't hit women, but if I did, I would hit you. Yeah. So uh, this is 2019 and that one doesn't fly. Uh, An added layer to this is that conversation was off the record by her own admission. And she ignored that. Like she says that women's causes are too important to abide by the journalistic rules of what off the record is off the record, off the record. I mean, it's, every supposed, single time. it's supposed to be. But uh, but again, this stuff is all changing. Journalism's changing every look. The the tectonic plates shifting under Charles Barkley's feet at the moment uh, are societal and they're coast to coast widespread. America is undergoing a sea change where we all know these are not things you say anymore. Charles Barkley is a friend of our show and personally a friend of mine. He's been saying things like this to make his entire career across several decades make him the host of Saturday Night Live. He's the guy. We don't allow comedians. We've already gotten into comedy here, and the comedians are all running scared. They're all complaining about how they have to play scared, and it's a bit off-putting to see our most clever mind get together and all of them lament how afraid they are of doing comedy in 2019 because the rules have changed. But it sounds um, it sounds hugely narcissistic and myopic to hear comedians lament about freedoms being taken away to each other because it's a pretty universal complaint. Now we're going a step beyond that because we're talking about a guy who is famous for being allowed to say whatever the hell he wants. It has been hugely profitable for many, many decades for Charles Barkley. Again, in his 50s, hosting Saturday Night Live, long after he's done playing. And the source of his fame now is this is the guy who's allowed to not give a bleep. And on this subject in 2019, you're not allowed to not give a bleep. You've got to change some of your language because there has been a sea change in women correctly demanding the the same kind of equality that black people have been demanding and grabbing some of this power and making men run scared. But this is the last guy in the world I can imagine running scared from much of anything because he's been rewarded for this behavior. Scott, I remember being on a street corner in the 90s and the headline on the papers, both of them being held up on the street back a million years ago. Daily News and the Philadelphia Inquirer headline is uh, Barkley colon. I'm a 90s N word. That's what it said 
across the headline. And I'm like, yeah, I want to read whatever it is that that said. Charles Barkley is the same guy who goes into a courtroom, Stugat. He's in the middle of it after spitting on a fan. He's in the middle of it after getting into a bar fight because he will not abide disrespect. If you disrespect him in a fight over your woman uh, because your woman's paying too much attention uh, to him or the fame around him, he'll drag you across the floor. And so when he goes into the courtroom and the judge asks him, do you have any regrets about throwing someone through a plate glass window his response is my only regret is that we weren't on the second floor this is the source of this man's fame in american culture is that he says whatever the bleep he wants and at every turn america has rewarded him with mcdonald's commercials with the cover of sports illustrated shirtless in in slave chains like america has rewarded him at every turn for being the guy who says what he thinks but in 2019 on or off the record this is not something you can say it was a bad decision by charles but i'm wondering does he survive this this is the easy stance okay yours is the easiest possible stance and i'm offering you all of the qualifiers for why the rules are supposed to be different for this guy because he's saying on the front end i don't hit women but if i did i would hit you it's a kind of joke he's been making i'm saying literally for 30 years nobody's told him before now that it's wrong or at least no one stopped him from doing it this kind of joke my guess is my guess is that rolls off his tongue easily because he's been saying that same thing that's not he didn't come up with that last night that's something he's been saying for a good long time. And many of people are fed up with cancel culture and the idea that you immediately go, should he survive it? Like that's the, just, it's just the easiest possible place. Should someone be fired for the thing that they said when I'm offering you all of the qualifiers on how it is we arrived in him saying the wrong thing, which we can agree again, you know, as Miles Garrett goes to his appeal hearing, you know, my stance on this, we can all agree when stuff is wrong. That's not the interesting part of the conversation to me. All of us clucking about what's wrong and then trying to out outrage the next guy as we strip freedoms and jobs from powerful people who we envy because they have better freedom and jobs than we do like people are fed up with that cancel culture and you if it happens to you trust me we will and me will be running for the hills when that arrives at our doorstep with and, and we'll be like body what about body of work what about the decades before that what about what about what about and, but we are in a culture now where everything gets burned down many people are objecting to that through comedy and everywhere else and it's wrong to say that it's wrong of her to do something that was off the record that now brings attention to her in what was an off the record conversation in a forever changing journalism landscape that has been wrong at any time in my life as a journalist it has been wrong to take an off the record conversation and do that with it yeah and she objected to him and uh According to her, the response was, you can't take a joke. Something along those lines. Charles, I guess, clearly knows where the rules are on the air and on the record because while he says some things that get people riled up about San Antonio, he doesn't really, for someone that is known as like a loose cannon, he hasn't really gotten in trouble for things that he's said on the air. Now he's learning what the rules are off the record and off the air. Uh, in 2019, again, for because I know many of you are going to hear many different things here with these conversations, and our audience is the last audience that wants to be told by women uh, what is the correct language because we've got a lot of apes and cavemen and men who are used to having the power 
all of their life who are made deeply uncomfortable by women grabbing some of the power back. From a journalistic standpoint, though, I am wondering, yes, clearly it's off the record. Yes, it's bad to put that stuff on the record when it's off the record. But I'm wondering, is there, I'm not a journalist, you are, is there any sort of line? If you are interviewing someone, they say something to you that you are uncomfortable with that is newsworthy. Off off the record is off the record. It's not off the record except if you say something newsworthy. It's off the record. That's what it's supposed to be. That's been the rule. That's been the rule my life. Maybe it's changed now because, honest to God, I don't recognize some of what I'm seeing with anonymous sourcing and just how this entire landscape has changed where there are many things reported all the time where I'm like, is that true? Do we? It, it happens all the time in sports. What do we know that's true about the Colin Kaepernick thing in terms of whether or not there was a Nike right. film crew? Uh, what happened at the last minute? Who leaked what? Like, I don't understand. I legitimately don't understand at 50 years old anymore what the rules are. Axios, I don't know if Axios is bound by the what used to be the old journalism rules because Axios didn't, uh, didn't exist back when they were being made. Axios is a new thing, and this is, uh, I think this is a young woman from what it is that I saw. I only saw on the computer a very small, uh, you know, sort of avatar social media photo of her. So I, this seems to be a young journalist. So I will say, again, for those who are unclear about this, our friend, and we've got biases about this because we like Charles Barkley around here and we enjoy what he's been doing on television and the radio for a long time. Our friend was wrong in saying this, my curiosity goes the next step beyond like who's allowed, if not him. Like, I, who is allowed to make the off color, off the record, politically incorrect joke, if not this guy who has been famous all his life for being the guy who says it on the record? Not off the record. Like, my guess is you will find some deeply uncomfortable things that Charles has said on TNT that brings him attention and much money for TNT and makes that, no matter the the, the revolving cast of characters, the most important uh, pregame show that we have in America. Charles Barkley, always a lightning rod. We'll see what happens from this most recent incident. Up next, always exciting and electric, maybe not always a lightning rod, but exciting and electric, Hawk and Crowder on a Hawkman Hump Day. It's the best of the Joe Show. It is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. It is a Hawkman Hump Day also, meaning we're getting you over the hump with a little Hawk and Crowder. I'm Dan Day. You can always follow me at Dan Day Radio on Twitter. And I'm always following Hawkman and Crowder weekdays right here on 560 The Joe. If you missed them earlier, they're talking about Cleveland Week. Everyone on the Dolphins seems to be on the IR, mellow playing very mellow, and Gator Erections. It's Cleveland week. I don't know what that means, but I'm I'm riding with it. <laughs> All right, baby. I'm, I'm carrying the flag for the worst week. Cavs are terrible. Browns are a disappointment. It's Cleveland week. I don't know what that means. We should have Cleveland Gary on this week. Bring it on Cleveland Gary for Cleveland week. <laughs> a lot of roster moves today. I don't know if putting everybody on IR on the team is a roster move. It, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. For this season, this class, like any other season, this is shocking news going into what week are we going into? Week 10? Are they 2 and 7? Oh, 12. 2 and 8? Two and eight with the bye week. It's this week twelve. This would be shocking if it wasn't this particular season, right? Yes. So what did they do? They put uh, first of all they, uh, the entire safety staff, all the safeties on the team. Got uh, put safety on IR. meeting. If you're a safety, I need to talk to you over here. <laughs> hey, Coach Flo needs to talk to you over there. All right, all the safeties. Oh, he must have something big planned. They uh, 
They must figure that Baker Mayfield's going to go off on Sunday. What you got, Coach? All right, here's uh, here's the plan. You're all on IR. Huh? What happened again? Say what? Where? Where are I we say, going? I say, I say, can I have your attention? You're all on IR. What? Hey, I just I just played my first game. Rashad, now you understand what happens to people that don't fall into line here. <laughs> put on IR. You get put on IR. <laughs> that blew my mind today. Yeah, it's crazy. So they uh I gotta get it all here because they 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 put Bobby McCain on IR, right? Rashad Jones on IR. Yeah. They upgraded Gerald Willis, which for UM fans, that's fun. Lost Mark Walton, gained Gerald Willis. There you go. Uh they had another hurricane, right? That they signed off Seattle's practice squad. Adrian no. Colbert. I'd rather have Stephen Colbert playing safety. That would be funny. So Gary Jennings, the wide receiver, Rashad Jones, Bobby McCain, they all go on IR. <laughs> That's surprising. That, that doesn't happen. Well, the thing that was weird is Rashad played his first game in a while last week. And I don't I remember. well against the I don't, run. I don't remember him coming out either. Like, I, didn't, I don't remember him getting injured. No, they said he had a broken rib. I was already calling him soft because I play with broken ribs. Right. Yeah. You, know, you don't get on IR for broken rib. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the plan here is keep them healthy and move them. You have to keep them healthy to move them. They can cut them after this. It's $2 million guaranteed well, next year. They will pay him $2 million to leave. No but problem. But you don't think they can get something for him? I think they can get yeah. something for him. He's a good safety. Like they could. I, I, I think I, I don't think they want to risk potential um, riches. He was a good safety, right? Well, that's that's a great question. It is. He's 31. The last time he went to the Pro Bowl was, I want to say, 17. No, I mean, he, he was good up until last season, but this year, a year older, he missed almost the entire year. Now he's getting put right, on IR. Right, but again, again, I believe he missed most of this season out of an abundance of caution. I think he kind of showed you during the preseason that he wasn't really on board with the tank. And the story came out recently that the Dolphins were offering him to see Steelers yes, that's before right. Minka Fitzpatrick. That's right. And the Steelers right. are like, we don't want him. We right. want we want the 23-year-old. Right. We don't so want the 31-year-old. He's never really been part of their plan. Yes. So, uh, and this, this season ha- – and by the way, you don't want your best safety out there this season, in all honesty. <laughs> you see Stephen Parker with that interception <laughs> that is true. in the there's, end zone versus there's, the Colts? There's your best safety. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Anybody watch Carmelo last night? I didn't. Was he terrible? Um, He came out of the box firing, and he looks – just kind of old to me. That, like, how did like how did he look to you, Solana? He he looks. He, how do I put this? He looks like a guy who is stuck in Portland, n- not exactly at the top of his game. What? They're almost like the way LeBron and D Wade were tweeting about him last night was almost akin to like a special needs player that gets in for the final ten seconds. Like I'm telling you, this is the weirdest story to me. Because Melo was, I mean, that guy was a top five NBA player for the longest. Yes. And this has not been graceful. Like, you could look at D. Wade's exit and go, well, a a, a weird stop in Chicago and a half a season in Cleveland. But it all came together. The Melo thing has been two years of craziness. How quickly did they release him last season in Houston? It was I, I think that was the biggest shock to Melo where he was like, wait, they don't want me in Houston? Like, right? like, like literally like 10 games in, they're like, like what? They don't, don't even want me, me to ride the bench. Right. They don't want me around the team. <laughs> and then he's waiting and he's waiting and he's yeah. waiting. And now he's on this team with Hassan Whiteside, which <laughs> I <laughs> just 
bringing up his name is funny. There's a uh, there's that website Fansided. I don't know if you look at Fansided, but this is what the Portland version of Fansided is already trying to figure out. Which is, what, which is what we did. The headline is Portland Trailblazers, three blockbuster trades for Hassan Whiteside. And they're kind of throwing out there, here are three potential deals that we could make to get rid of Hassan Whiteside. Like, Expiring deal, baby. Yeah, it is. Uh, but they're going to, you don't think they can do their research? He didn't play. They wouldn't play him when the Heat gave him $100 million. <laughs> they wouldn't play him. Now he's messing up. A playoff team from last year. It's so funny. Let's give him a whole bunch of money here. Man, it's going to be so hard to get rid of Whiteside. I don't know what's wrong with that Portland team, by the way. Maybe Whiteside. Is it Whiteside? No, I mean, no Lillard last night, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah. I think that's, that's No, I'm not important. talking about last night, though. I'm talking about, I mean, they were, remember we talked with Ira. Ira said, like, they're, they pushed the panic button by signing Carmelo. Carmelo started, was wearing double zero, looks a little thick to me. You know I don't he, know. Just you know thick, what he reminded me of? Thick, huh? Thick. That's the word you want to use. <laughs> uh, heavy. There you go. Let's <laughs> no, be he, honest. He looked thick to he, me. He was. He's the 55 year old dad playing on his 23 year old son's rec league, and you know, end of the first half, they'll throw you in the last 30 seconds. He comes in. He's like super excited but he's, but to he's be in not, the game. But he's not that. He's starting, and he's not 50 plus years old. He's not uh, um, Vince Carter. You know, like that's the thing that's so mind-boggling about this. Like you know he, he's he's a, I mean, he's not old, is he? No, I mean this is he, his seventeen yes, basketball. He's old. Well, it's his seventeenth season in the league. Is he's, it? He's a wow, year older than that. LeBron, so he's like thirty-six, thirty-seven. Uh, but that's not that old in the NBA anymore. No, but is his, it? I, you know, what I think it is. And he's thirty-five. I'm glad you brought up Vince. Vince Carter is an awesome veteran presence. Right. Just like UD. UD's personality. Help everybody out. It's a good guy, to, a good veteran to have around a team. You think Carmelo's taking people under his wing? No. That I, I honestly believe I think Car- he's looking for a plate of wings. <laughs> he looked that big? I got to <laughs> No, look he didn't look that big. Well, okay. didn't look, but he looked thick. I don't know. Maybe the, <laughs> usually, they say, old, usually they say black is slimming, but the, the uniform was black, <laughs> but I don't think it was slimming. <laughs> Did it have horizontal stripes? <laughs> they say that makes you look right. wider, the horizontal yeah, stripes. I don't know. No, his personality. Personality is why Dwayne Wade, the Chicago hole, the Cleveland thing, but he always he came back home and we still loved him. Carmelo goes back to New York. Do they love him again? Do they lo- like? Is there any city in the any NBA city that loves Carmelo Anthony the way we love Dwayne Wade? You said name the damn stadium, right? The arena, Dwayne Wade's house, Denver. You- maybe would Denver love a return of Carmelo Anthony or no? No, no, he's not that team guy. It's a great, uh, great text from somebody. ESPN headline was Pelicans ruin Mellow's debut. The headline should have been Mellow ruins Mellow's debut. Was he being, was he being like ball dominant? Like what was he, what was he doing? No, not at all, but they tried to get him involved very early on. He was he, involved early. He yeah, had a couple he, threes. He was 4-14, I mean, minus 20, well, plus me, minus. What would you say again? Four Give me that 14. first number. 4-14. Okay, that's terrible. Jacked up 14 shots in his debut. He put yeah. off quadruple picks. Just kept running around. Everybody was picking, 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 picking to get him over. Come on, man. Yeah, Somebody I'll, says, come on, Hockman, you can look at the stat sheet, not watch the game and know he was minus 20 when he was on the court. No uh, other Blazer player came close. <laughs> And then somebody said he looked rusty. Old and rusty could be interchanged. It's just not the way you want to be described for your debut. I was I was interested. I was interested in Hassan. I was interested in Melo. I was watching that in the Panthers game. I was flipping. Uh, I was flipping between the two. Let's uh, let's do headlines here with Alejandro Solana before we get too bogged down. You mentioned the Panthers. They beat the Flyers five to two. How about this? Bob gave up no goals in the third period. Finally, he had thirty five saves for the game. Yep. 
And and Saturday night, I don't think he gave up any goals in the third period. Like he's he's looked all right. Like uh, and the Panthers, they look fun, man. They look fun. They host the Ducks tomorrow, 7 p.m. from the BB&T Center tonight. Though it's the Heat and the Cavs, 7:30 p.m. Cleveland week. Airplane mode and Winslow are out tonight. Also, Tristan Thompson out for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kevin Love is probable. Okay. The Blazers, of course, lost yesterday to the Pelicans in Melo's debut. We spoke about that. And the Dolphins, we spoke about this as well, placed Bobby McCain and Rashad Jones on the IR. They'll miss the remainder of this season. I mean, how on earth can they beat another team? With all the pe- – Xavier Howard's on IR. Yeah. Rashad, Bobby McCain, Mark Walton is gone, Kenyon Drake has been traded, Laramie Tunsil's been traded, Minka Fitzpatrick's been traded, Josh Rosen hasn't panned out to be anything – like Preston Williams, your best receiver, he's on IR. How can they beat? It really is a testament to Brian Flores that they're even competing in games. Cleveland should wipe the floor with the Dolphins on Sunday. I don't know if they will, but just with everything you've seen personnel-wise, the Cleveland Browns should wipe the floor with them. What I saw John Brown do last right. week. I, I mean, it looked like Jerry Rice out there. You know that position is Odell Beckham Jr. this week. Right. The Browns are going like, to whoop them. Like, Odell needs a game that is just statistically, astronomically ridiculous so that he can get that game under his belt. How many touchdowns do you think Odell has this year? Just guess. I, oh, I, I looked it up. I don't know. Five? Four. Four, five, one. One? One? One and through ten games. It was one. He's got one more than Mike Gusecki? Yes. One. It Odell was, Beckham. Wow. Ten games of Odell Beckham starting for your team. One touchdown. Wow. And it was that 85-yard reception or whatever, like week three, and it was just a busted play. Like he uh, slipped right through the coverage, yes. and he scored a, a crazy touchdown. But it was just that one anomaly of a play. So th- this, is the, this is the game where he should get, have three touchdowns. They run a reverse for him. They, just, they keep getting the ball in his hands. Well, John Brown was man-to-man with Nick Needham, who has stepped up as their new number one corner, and John Brown had 130. What do you think Odell is going to do on Sunday? Right, should be more. <laughs> what do you think Odell's going to do? I just, just think about it. Should be more. Anything else there, Solana? Yeah, Pat Riley said yesterday he is pleased with the Heat start thus far, but added, quote, also wary of what's out there. All right. What does that mean? He's wary. You know what? That quote, he's he's getting very, like you like to say, Denzelish. These quotes are very Denzelish. No. So they're just like they're saying Bro, some fancy words, do you but have they the don't audio? mean anything? We have to play the audio of what he's talking about with Pat Riley. A lot of words that mean nothing. A <laughs> lot of words that mean exactly nothing. That's what nothing. annoys me with Denzel. He's he's getting Denzel and, and he Pat gets the and he gets the Denzel treatment because whatever Pat Riley says, everybody goes, "Oh, that was profound." <laughs> and he is and it's like, "Well, what did you really say?" And everybody does that with Denzel. I got do. Ooh, did you hear what Denzel said? What did he say? He said, "You know, computers are the new solar system." Mm. Ooh. Mm. What does that mean? Oh, well, if you can't figure it out, that's on you. <laughs> you need to figure yeah. yourself out. Yeah, Pat Riley gets that same treatment. So he's wary of what's out there? He's wary of what's out there. All right. And finally, 
Alligators have permanent erections. <laughs> I knew I went to the right school. I knew I went to the right school. Had 100-plus scholarships. I know I picked Florida. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. So it wasn't a hard pick. No. Hey. Hawk and Crowder know how to do it, especially they know how to get you over the hump. You are pretty much over the hump now. Hopefully traffic has subsided and the rest of your week will be easy. Of course, we try to make it easy for you right here at 560 The Joe. Weekdays from 6 to 7 with the best of the Joe. Where we run back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station. If it wasn't easy for you to listen, it will be easy to listen back. Just download the podcast wherever you get your podcast for absolutely free. The radio.com app for absolutely free. Or you can go to our website, WQAM, for absolutely free. And while you're on the interweb, check me out on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. I promise it will be enjoyable. It will be fun. I'm not just talking about me on Twitter. I'm talking about tomorrow's Best of the Joe show, beginning at 6 o'clock in the evening, right here on 560 The Joe. This is the Best of the Joe show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.